This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 39. <laughs> I know I'd go from rags to riches if you would only say you can. Hello, welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese picture, Goodfellas, one strangling minute at a time. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Ron Richards. Hello. And Josh Lanigan. <laughs> <laughs> minute, 30, minute 39 kicks off with the eternal question, what am I, a schmuck on wheels? Oh. 
And Legendary. Ends, Legendary. Ends, ends with Karen calling Henry for help. So um, what I'd like to say is kicking this minute off is that we this movie is full of great minutes. We discussed some very famous ones in the past, but this one might be my favorite. It, 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 is, it is glorious. It is absolutely glorious. It's full of so many wonderful things. There's schmuck on wheels. There's Vigorous fuck him in the ear. Fuck him in the other the, ear. There's the wig coming off. There's the fucking yep. commercial. There's answering the phone while being strangled. Yep. I mean, he answers the phone while he's being strangled. This, this, this also, this is, I think, our introduction to the ferocity of Jimmy. Oh, yeah. We, this, is, this is Cape Fear level De Niro. <laughs> we haven't seen him. You're right. We haven't seen him get angry yet. Right. Yeah, we haven't. And yeah, and right. and like and the thi- what I think is also interesting about like focusing on De Niro here is that I don't think this is the first time we've seen him not in a suit. Mm. I don't even know. But like, but like short sleeve shirt, tattoo exposed. You know, I did like, notice that it was a. It's a great shirt. It's a great shirt. Oh, I want this shirt too. Yeah. I want this shirt more. I, I'm not a big fan of Henry's red leather jacket, by the way. We're getting into the 70s style, which I'm we're getting we're inching into the late 60s, early 70s, which I'm not a fan of. But De Niro's shirt in this is glorious. Well, I haven't mentioned any shirts being great, but I was looking at this one and I go, that seems out of character. I noticed it. And then right? I go, that's a great shirt. Yeah. Well, there's a there's a there's a lot of things here. There's a lot of little things. You actually kind of gotta dig for them on this one. Um and you'd mentioned the Vig yesterday, yes, um, which is which is the commission, but also I mean a lot of times the Vig was just the the interest rate. It's interest, yeah. That's, well, that's, 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 the, that's the fun fact for this episode. The Vig, from the Russian word vigorish, was the two, is one of two things. It's either the fee the bookmaker charges. So for instance, if you're betting straight on a game like like a win loss, not against the spread, you you might have to put down one ten to win hundred. Just as an example, that that extra ten would be the Vig. That's the, the fee. That's the money the bookmaker makes for make, taking the bet, or it's the loan, or I'm sorry, the interest that you that yeah. you're uh, owed on the loan. So if you take out a loan with a loan shark or a guy like like uh, Maury or Maury with with Jimmy, Jimmy yeah, you might have a two percent, ten percent, twelve percent, twenty percent loan uh, the interest. And that's the vig. That's the extra on top. And, and, and usually that, the vig was so high that you he was just stuck paying the vig forever. And, that, and that's what he said. And, that, and that's what he's arguing here is that he never agreed to two points above the vig or whatever it is. Like three, it's, three points above the vig is that basically he's added. You know, Jimmy's adding a uh, additional tax to the vig in Maury's standpoint. Oh, I hate fucking Maury tax. Right. And and what you've got is you've got Jimmy standing in the lobby watching the commercial on a fucking loop. With the with the with the as seen on TV sign above it, angrier and angrier. And and, and angrier. all he's thinking is that all he's thinking is that you got enough money for this commercial, you don't have my money. That's all he's thinking until it explodes. Well, I had never noticed in the shot of uh, of Henry and and Maury in the foreground that there's little tiny tiny Jimmy back there. Yes, <laughs> I'd never seen. You never that. noticed that? Yeah. No, he's <laughs> little tiny Jimmy in the background, which I love. I also like that when he talks about the vig. He calls them vigorous demands, which is quite poetic. Vigorous <laughs> demands about the vig. <laughs> it's very, yeah, it's very uh, melodic. And we said yesterday that that the actor here, Chuck Lowe, is improvising a lot of this. Hence the schmuck on wheels and fuck him in the ear, fuck him in the other ear. You know, like these <laughs> these great these great <laughs> well, lines. You know, let's, and let's talk about Chuck Lowe. Okay, yeah. Because one of the things that's amazing about this scene is that he was improvising because Chuck Lowe, not an actor. <laughs> nope. Chuck Lowe was Robert De Niro's landlord. <laughs> and so I'm, put, uh, I'm putting together some real life scenarios that would be applicable here, and I'm coming up with several. 
So, seventy-seven-year-old uh, Chuck Lowe, who's still alive, uh, was Robert De Niro's landlord. Then, nevertheless, he amassed twelve acting credits uh, in his day for things like uh, the TV series Tribeca. Uh, why was ep- Why was De Niro wait, renting? Wait, 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 wait! Let Let Connor get through it. An episode Sorry. of Law and Order. Uh, he was in Night in the City. He was in The King of Comedy. Once Upon a Time in America. And he did an episode of The Sopranos as uh, Shlomo Tiedelman. Well, that, that's the funny thing is that if you look at all of his movie credits, yeah. I believe except for one. They're all De Niro stuff. They're all De Niro movies. Yes. <laughs> he was, he was uh, you know, back then, De Niro wasn't super rich in the early 90s. He could have been renting his loft in Tribeca before he bought the building and every other building around it. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, so yeah, Or he so, could have been, he could have been his... Landlord, or much early on when he was younger. I mean, this is well. No, so I so here's the, I got the info right here is that basically uh, Nicholas Pelleggi said in an inter- interview uh, once that you know that um, that Chuck Lowe owned a building on Hudson Street, which is across from Nobu, which is a great detail um, that that De Niro lived in at the time, and he would just bug him like Maury bugs everybody in the movie, saying, "I want to be in the movies. I want to be in the movies." <laughs> and so, uh, basically, like if you dig back in the '80s, uh, De Niro rented the top three floors of a building that Lowe owned, um, and De Niro lived in the penthouse apartment. And um, sure enough, starting in 1982, uh, De Niro would put him in movies that he was in. <laughs> wow! Just to shut him up. Yep. <laughs> Pretty I mean, impressive. The, the King of Comedy, Once Upon a Time in America, The Mission, Goodfellas, Night in the City, <laughs> Sleepers. <laughs> Like, and Tribeca, I think he also, I think he was the producer of Tribeca. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> hundred Center Street. So, so there you go. You're good if you're if you're a persistent enough landlord to Bob De Niro, you can get you can get in the movies. Well, That's I think nice. what's interesting is that if you combine uh, Morrow and Sonny Buns, yep, you got two guys who are doing a lot of really great improv who are not trained actors. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But but the thing is that they're not trained actors, but they are cast Talkers. in realistic. I mean, like these are the, they're. I mean, the question the personalities. is how, Yeah, how much acting are they doing? You know, like that's the thing. Like like well, they're they're talkers. I mean, yeah. you mean every one of us, at least probably Ron and I, know, grew up around guys who could talk in any situation because yep. that's their personality. And and uh, you just put them in a movie, and they just just do your thing. Yep. And and what's what's great about this is that how in twenty seconds. The temperature can rise so much, you know. The you've got Henry trying, you know. At first, in yesterday's minute, you had Henry trying to rationalize with Maury that listen, you know, like you know, whatever we're here, pay our money, and Maury just getting more and more incensed, and finally Henry's got to drop the hammer. He's like, listen, you know, Jimmy, you know what we do, give him his money, you know, and Maury's not having it, and that just lights the fuse. Okay, so two things going into this. One, we're looking at Angry De Niro. Yep. And I'm actually looking at him here. I'm thinking yeah, he's not that big of a guy. Nope. He doesn't really have a lot of muscle. He's smaller than I am. <laughs> like he's like not a big dude. Why you say that to his face? Yeah, exactly. Like, in, well, in this in this scene when he's when he has grabbed Maury and is choking him by the phone cord, and you see that forearm. Like yeah. I can't get my forearm to do what his forearm is doing. Well, I I just think that, but he's doing a, a ton of that just with presence. The tattoo helps. Yeah, and it's just it's really it's I think it's actually a testament to him as an actor because. Like he's imposing in this, and I just think of him as that. But I was looking at him, and like he's not a big, scary person. Yeah. Well, the the, th- the thing is, is that like w- like watch it in sl- not in slow motion, but scene by scene. There's a shot of Jimmy watching the commercial and periodically looking back to to keep track of what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of an anxious Jimmy, right? And you see he's kind of there, and then it cuts back to Maury and Henry, and Maury's starting to point, 
and Henry's trying to placate him, and then you've got De Niro walking down the salon closer to them, getting mm-hmm. closer and closer, in, in, and to, to Connor's point yesterday, hitting Maury like a, a hurricane gale force wind. Yes. Yeah. Like, it, 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 I've you had know. enough of this. Yep, exactly. Enough. Well, the thing that went over the edge is that I think Maury, Maury's another one of these people who makes bad decisions. Yes. A lot of, a lot of these people in the movie, he basically says... I could have dropped the dime a dozen times. Yeah, yeah that's like that the is a worst bad thing strategy. you could possibly say. And, and yes, that yes. and that is actually a real life reference to one time when Tommy in real life, Martin Krugman uh, was uh, the guy who Maury's based on, uh, had a bet from one of their crew. And what happened was is that um, something went wrong with the bet, and for some reason, Tommy D, played by Joe Pesci in the movie, but real life Tommy D beat up Maury's muscle guy for wanting that because they, you know, for saying, hey, back off, leave us alone, we're not paying you, and, and muscled them up. And Maury threatened to go to the DA. That's not the dumbest thing you could Right, exactly. Think. Like, and like, so, like, so he was prone to do that. Like, he, he thought that he, like, I'll, I'll talk, I'll talk, you know, and like that was his personality. And so well, I think yeah. as soon as you do that, then you're out. Yep. Well, yeah. You're out of the, the world, you're out yeah. of life. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, yeah I mean, like, yeah. like, no, ever, no, no matter how long it lasts from that point, then the the second that that they decide, you know, you've already you've already cast your lot there, right? As long as you don't do it, and then he's 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 playing that card as a passive aggressive, like do you know, leave me alone or I'll do this, and he's gambling. He's basically, I mean, no, I mean, no surprise yeah. that he's a gambler, but he's gambling with that, and he got away with it that time, and then he's got value as we see later in the movie. But then the moment he, again, the moment he doesn't have value, or the moment he's so annoying that they can't take it anymore, he's gone. So. But also, that all you have to do is have say that once. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's kind it, of the point. Say it one time, and they know that forever know that you could possibly do it. Yep, exactly. You, they, didn't, they didn't need a lot of uh, impetus to be thought that, that you could rat, yeah. clearly. They, that was, you know, they're worried that everybody could at all points. Now, here you see Henry. Henry's actually trying to be a good guy here. He, he wants everyone to be friends. He's very concerned until the second, the moment that that cord goes around Maury and he busts out with a gigantic laugh. Isn't it's not, it funny watching him die? It's not the cord. It's the fact that as the De, Niro, De Niro grabs the phone cord and sweeps it over Maury's head and mm-hmm. pulls the wig off with it, that's what triggers the laugh. <laughs> and he also knows well, he's not going to kill him right here because yeah. he owes him money. He, right. he, it's, not a ser- it's not a murder. It's a... It's a it's roughing up. Right. What's, what's the better term yeah. for that? But yeah, rough, he's, yeah. But if, he's but being if, roughed up, and in the course of roughing up, his wig comes flying off. So that's why he's laughing. But what I think is hysterical is that is the not hysterical, but I think is really interesting is the cacophony of the Leota laugh, which we've already commented and we love. The the, the finding this hysterical, Maury in pain and begging for Jimmy to stop, and Jimmy grunting and yelling at him all at the same time. Like those are three distinct emotions mm-hmm. that are happening in audio form that are that are that are at the same time competing with one another and yet working together in a wonderful symphony. Well, this is still, <laughs> and this is this is still that that same thing that animal thing where Maury shows his belly. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'll give you money. Yep. His voice change. Yep. Everything you, changed. And, and and you got you got a kid. You got it. You know, like that. <laughs> yeah. And then they keep going though. Give yeah. me the money. I'll give yeah. you the money. Give me the money. Yeah. I will give you the money. Give oh, me the, the money. And it the, goes into the next minute doing this. The ferocity of De Niro in this is mm-hmm. that, like, and that's what I think is, is amazing. It's like when, and early in the movie, we said Jimmy loved money. Like, he loved to steal and he loved the, and, and like, don't get in between him and his money because this is what's going to happen. You know, it's like, you got enough money for your commercial? You can't pay me? Like, this is what happens. And it's. I like how you're, you're, you're what you're doing, you're siding with Jimmy here. Sure. 
Well, you he owes Jimmy the money. Sim- he owes Jimmy the you money. You keep saying it sympathetically. <laughs> How could you not? He owes him money. Yeah. It's, it's valid. It's valid. This was a fiscally fluid world is all I'm saying. Yeah. Money so, went, came and went. And, and it's not like, really any different than a financier. And, and I like how Henry's not really trying to get Jimmy off Maury, but 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 just pretending to. Well, he's trying to he's trying to make himself come off as the good guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So the phone rings. Thank God the phone rings because everybody God the phone and it's, rings. it's like timeout. Like everybody stops. Okay, <laughs> a lot of questions here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Instantly, Jimmy's like, "You better answer that." <laughs> I mean, he doesn't say it, but he lets go of him, and they're like, yeah. It's, and it's understood by all of them there, oh, he's going to be answering this phone, right. which yeah. I think is fascinating. Right. And, and and what I think is hysterical is that he quiets and lets him answer the phone, yeah. and then Maury answers the phone and then hands it to Henry, and then Jimmy just goes back to it and starts the, <laughs> starts the, 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 the wonderful rhythmic of, of today, which I love, which goes into the next movie. It's like, I want my money today. Today. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. This a lot of questions here. It's Karen. Well, we not, don't know. We don't know that till the next minute. But yeah. Well, so. <laughs> no, it's Karen. I have the same questions. I was. How did she know he was there? Exactly. <laughs> he probably told her, "I'm going to be at Maury's today, collecting okay. the big." Okay. Okay. Other questions. Or, or she called the suite. She called the nightclub. Or she Morris. called, and he's over okay. at Maury's. Yeah. Yeah. Let's remember. We're going to find she's distraught, and she's at a phone booth. Right. Right. So, does she have a lot of change? Well, uh, did she have something to write phone numbers down with, or did she know all of these phone numbers? Right. Did she call a lot of people? Which, when she was walking around, could you hear her change jingling? Because it would have been a lot. There's a lot of calls there. Did they all carry a lot of change then? It's like you don't want anything to talk about tomorrow. <laughs> no, there's other stuff for tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> Just saying, all, you're jumping ahead, applies, man. You're jumping ahead. <laughs> this applies to this call, that phone ringing, everything before that. <laughs> Also, the phone was off the hook. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 ripped, he ripped the cord out of the wall. It's <laughs> <laughs> or it's a really long cord. Ugh. He could have had multiple lines. That's the only... But he was holding well, the receiver. Yeah. As a bookie, he'd have many lines. Oh, yeah. He probably has multiple lines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I believe he punches the button, too. Like, uh, he does that. There's that, the wig know. line and the bookie line. You don't want to mix those up. Yeah. I like the fact that, that uh, Maury uh, eats his own dog food, as it says. As he actually wears his own wig. Yeah, I'm impressed by that, and I feel bad for that little it strip behind the product. I feel bad for that little adhesive strip that keeps the wig on. You think she remembered the number from the commercial? Well, it's five 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 on hair. Yeah, she, yeah, exactly. she would know the, She would have that one memorized. Also, by the way, we didn't mention in the commercial the phone number is two one two five 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 hair. And I'm just saying, if it's in Queens, you're right. It would be seven one eight. Exactly. Thank you. So is is Maury's in Manhattan? No, more no. It's on Queens Boulevard. Well, that makes no sense. Well, and that actually references to the, the. This was actually filmed in a real barbershop in Forest Hills, Queens. But in the commercial, it says twenty six Queens Boulevard, in Queens. Well, that so. makes me wonder when the seven one eight air code was introduced. Oh, let me find that out. Because How if many well, chairs would a wig store have at that time? Because it seemed like there was a. Well, lot. it's also a salon. It's also like people come get a haircut, and you know. So, okay. oh, wait a minute, we are wrong, Connor. We yes. are wrong. The seven one eight area code was assigned to Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island in se- on September first, nineteen eighty four. Right. So before then, everybody was two and two. So it was two one two. My bad. There you go. So there you go. And I actually found the the, the New York Times article announcing. Beginning New Year's Day, the two one two area code will reach only Manhattan. A new area code seven one eight will require to call Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island. So. And thus, really getting everybody to second-class citizens. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the fuck count for this episode. I probably listened to this one 20 times. There's a lot. 
Um, and I just want to reiterate that the fuck count is by no means scientific. It's meant for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> uh, I believe that the fuck count for this episode is 13. Wow. I listen to it a lot. That's a, that's a strong... Yeah, that's a yeah. strong fuck. <laughs> that's a lot of fucks. <laughs> So, fuck count is 13. That's a lot. That's the, actually, it, I went back and looked. That ties for the most. Wow. With, uh, I believe, the... Um, and it's, rant, it's, I, think, I believe it was Tommy's rant about wanting to bang the broad. And it's, it's, it's primarily De Niro, right? It's De Niro and, and Maury. Yeah. But it's a lot of it's De Niro. It, it does tie episode 29 in which Tommy really wanted to bang that fucking broad. And <laughs> we never know what he did. He just wanted a little help. Yeah, just, just a little fucking help. Yep. Uh, I realized so, when I was taking my dog out to pee tonight that I'm just like Tommy in that scene because I just wanted to come inside after he's done. Like, come, just come in. It's cold. <laughs> come on. Let's come in. And I do it exactly like Tommy. Anyway. So that's any, any other notes for this minute? Or? That's it. All right. So let's move on and find out tomorrow why Karen was calling as we close out minute 39 and look forward to minute 40 tomorrow. Until then, check us out at Twitter at GoodfellasMin and on Instagram and Facebook at GoodfellasMinute. And you can find all of our episodes at GoodfellasMin.com and you can support the show at patreon.com slash gfm or you can go to goodfellasminute.com slash support where you can shop via Amazon and help us out that way. Any questions, comments, concerns, email us at contact goodfellasminute.com and uh, until tomorrow, goodbye. Today. Today. Or will I go from a rags to return? My fate is on.